The title of my message today is Our Father. So you might imagine it's the Lord's Prayer. And I know I have spoken on this numerous times, and, but I think here again comes uh, a different, perhaps a different slant, a different approach to it. Um, well, last week we spoke about asking and receiving and the importance of how that, the, how that God depends on us to ask. Now one of the things we have to remember, and, and we'll discuss it as we go through this, God knows what our needs are before we ask. But we don't have because we don't ask. And we'll see how all that plays out as we go through this uh, particular text today. We're going to start with Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. You have that, Terry? There? All right. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when you shut the door, pray to the Father which is in secret, and thy Father which is in secret shall reward you openly. But when you pray, verse 7, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knows what things ye have need of before you ask. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, for most of us, that's a very <laughs> familiar prayer. It used to be one or was one that we perhaps would open in prayer and everybody would recite the Lord's Prayer. And it's, it's an important prayer because it's an outline that God has given to us. Jesus, whenever he was asked by the disciples to teach us to pray, this was what he gave as that outline. So it is a model prayer. It is not just necessarily something that every time we pray, every time we go to pray, that we recite the Lord this particular prayer. But, uh, of course, there's nothing wrong with reciting it and saying it to, to every day if, if you so desire. But it is, it is more, um, in some ways, it's more of a model for us to look at and to see what is implied and what is being stated in this prayer. If you look at verse 9, Jesus says, After this manner, therefore, pray ye. Now, another version says, uh, This then is how you should pray. Well, Jesus had already established some very significant um, boundaries whenever he, before he got to this, and we read some of them there in, in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6. He says, when you pray, go away by yourself and shut the door. Uh, one version has, go to your closet and pray. And, your, and, and, the pray, and pray to your father in private, then your father who sees everything will reward you. So perhaps when Jesus was speaking about praying, the people thought, uh, their thoughts went to the Pharisees who prayed uh, you know, in the synagogues, in, in, you know, in, in the open and out on platforms or whatever. And so whenever people would, Jesus said, I want you to pray, perhaps their thoughts are, go immediately to these guys who are always praying and, you know, the attention is not towards God or about the need. The attention that they're looking for is look at me and look, look what I can do. So 
Jesus tells them, go to your closet. <laughs> go to that secret place. Now, he was not saying that um, the closet is the only place to pray. <laughs> and he is not saying that you should not pray in public. But he is asking that we not go to the place of being flamboyant and grand manner and grandiose um, expressions that call attention to the one who is praying. Because our prayers should draw attention to the one who is answering the prayers. Our prayers should draw attention to God who is our Father. And he is the one who is responsible for answering our prayers. So he would have us go in private, as it were, to our private place. And not draw attention to you know, ourselves, but draw attention to God in our prayers. Then verse 7 says, But when you pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Now, Jesus continues this direction for us whenever we are praying. He addresses wordiness. Maybe some would pray, God, help the preacher not be so wordy. <laughs> uh, that's not what he wants, you know. I'm sorry. You know, I've had to practice many years to be wordy. <laughs> you, you can say amen. It's all right. Yeah. God, I wish you'd quit. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't. But anyhow, I always prayed that when I was a kid. I, God, can't he shut up? <laughs> Well, actually, there was this guy, he used to pray over the offering. And I, you know, and you, you know, I was a very good kid. I sat in the back of the church next to the door. And uh, uh, he would pray over the offering. And I bet he took 10 minutes praying over the offering. And every week he'd say the same thing. Now, you, you could almost recite the prayer that he was going to pray over the offering every time he prayed because he used the same words, same phrases, and he took about eight minutes and 30 seconds, something like that. But, uh, you know, not that we timed him, but, uh, <laughs> you know, it was just one of those things that he, I don't know, for whatever reason, he was very repetitious and he was very wordy. So Jesus is saying that people imagine that they are going to be heard for their much speaking that being able to recite long things and long prayers that they have put together will make them be heard by God. And certainly God would hear them for the, their abundance of words. And again, that's vainglory, vain repetition. Also, long prayers were seen as a display of devotion. Didn't realize that. That it was a, it was a sign of talent that you could say these long, and you would spend that much time in prayer because look what you have to say. And it was a sign that, look how, look how devoted I am to God. Look how devoted I am to prayer. And I spend these hours reciting these same pages. Well, the word itself literally means repeat uselessly. <laughs> so don't use vain repetition. Repeating uselessly. So that's one thing that Jesus says don't do. Then verse 6. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. This is a really important one. <laughs> uh, God knows what you need before you ask him. 
So if God already knows, why do we need to ask? <laughs> you know, why do we have to pray if he already knows what we, what we need? Well, your father knows what you need before you ask. Well, for those who hesitate to ask. Now, this is, can you imagine a slave at that time? A slave had no rights. They had, they, they had no privileges. They were property of someone else. And if their owner <laughs> didn't like them, he would sell them. So can you imagine a slave trying to say, I'm hungry? <laughs> you know, or could I have a day off? And, you know, what would happen to them? They would be beaten or sold or get less to eat. Well, here Jesus is telling, telling us and telling all that God already knows, and so we have to say what it is that we want and what the need is. Because you don't have because you don't ask. See, sometimes in our faith, we, you know, we feel like it's... Um, we shouldn't ask. That's just being presumptuous. Well, God is telling us he already knows what you need. So therefore, asking is agreeing with what he already wants to give you. So whenever we pray and we're asking God for healing, health, blessings, finances, you know, being, doing this, doing that, whatever it is, God is already wanting to do that, but he can't, he cannot just dump it in your life. We have to ask. And it's whenever we are asking in agreement with what God already wants to give that he gives to us. So we're not making it up. You know, I, I came across this need the other day, and I, I wonder if God knows about it. <laughs> the answer is yes, he knows. And he wants us to ask him for it in prayer because he already knows what it is. But he's not going to answer the prayer until we give it. So this is a very important uh, principle that, that he has uh, put together here for us. And, you know, the vain repetitions and, you know, and uh, the you know, Pharisees and the Sadducees, how that they would make their prayers known and uh, vain repetitions. And now he's saying, don't be like those guys, but pray because your father knows what you need. So we do not have to inform God. We're just sharing ourselves with him. We simply have to ask. We bring our wants, our needs, our desire to God that we may see them as God sees them. We may see it as important. God may not see it as important. And so whenever we pray for it and God says, no, that's not, that's not going to happen, while well, recognize that God is doing what is best for us. So he wants us to ask. And the Holy Spirit, who abides in us, who lives within us, Spirit of God abides. And, you know, the Holy Spirit can pray through us with groanings that can't even be uttered. People who are in pain and suffering, that, oh, what is going to, you know, the, the agony of, of soul, that those groanings are prayers, and the Holy Spirit can pray through us. So we pray to God our Father, who is well-informed and willing to answer. <laughs> we find that a few words in faith are greater than many words that mean nothing. So it isn't the longevity of our prayer. It isn't the many words and phrases. 
It's the understanding of our heart and the agreement that we have with God the Father, and we speak those words to him. We always remember that our Father sees, our Father hears, and our Father knows. He sees, he hears, he knows. So we are to bring our requests to him. Verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. (laughs) Now, I mentioned this last week, that none of the saints in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament scriptures, ever addressed God as Father. Jesus Christ is the one only that's, you know, he addresses God the, Father, God the Father as Father. And that he says in, this, in the prayer that he is presenting for us to pray, it is our Father. So this title of our Father places us, okay, places us at the center of this wonderful relationship that Jesus Christ has established for us to make his Father, God the Father, our Father. Jesus has done this for us. And so whenever we pray, it's not wrong. And I I seemingly always, seemingly always try to pray, Father, our Father. You know, it's, it's, it's a relationship that we have because of what Jesus has done for us. So Christ delivered us from the curse of sin that we might become children of God. So our Father brings us at once into this attitude of perfect confidence. He is going to hear me. He's going to see me. He's going to know what my request is. And he's going to answer me. He's my father. Certainly he will do this. So this knowledge of the father's love is the first (laughs) revelation, the simplest revelation that we can have, but... You know, it's one of the last and highest lessons that any of us can learn. This idea that God is our loving Father. So our Father who lives in heaven. I want you to know that this is not a long distance call. (laughs) It's like the preacher, this traveling evangelist. He was in Virginia going to the church, and he wants to call heaven. He says, well, that'll be 10 bucks. So he he has to give the pastor 10 bucks. He comes to Ohio, and he says, I got to call heaven. He says, well, it's five bucks. Then he comes to Wimber, Johnstown area, and he asks the preacher, he says, I'm going to call heaven. He says, oh, it's a local call. It's free. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Say that after the snowstorm, right? So, but anyhow, that our Father who lives in heaven, who art in heaven, it's not a long-distance call. We are led, we are, we have immediate access to the throne room of God. Imagine this, that whenever we pray and our attention is directed towards God, God the Father, you know, Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. So when we direct our attention to the Father, to the Son, that we are immediately in, in heaven. We are in the very presence, the throne room of God. God himself dwells there, and we are saying, our Father, who is in heaven, 
who lives there, who is there, and he knows all things, sees all things, and reveals all things, and knows exactly what I am going to ask. But he long, longs for me to ask him so that I can know that it is an answer to prayer, not just a chance situation. Wow, how'd you get that? Oh, I was lucky. <laughs> no, God gave it to me. Every good gift is a gift from the Father. So every good thing that comes into your life, well, so-and-so did this for me, so-and-so, no, God is the one behind the giving. So, verse 9, the second part. Hallowed be your name. Holy is the name of God. <laughs> it was at the basketball game the other night, and um, it was, where were we at? No, the other one. North Star. We're in North Star, girls' basketball game. And the uh, guy behind me, every time something would go wrong, he'd go, oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. And I was just about ready to turn around and say, do you know that guy? You know? And then he would change, and he wouldn't say it again for another five minutes. Then he'd go back to, oh, Jesus. You know, it's like, I, I didn't say anything, but if he'd have done it one more time, I was going to say, do you know that guy? Well, I'm, I'm sure glad you're a guy, you're a man of prayer. You know, <laughs> you know I, I would just wonder what he would do. You know, you must be a man of prayer. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Wow, I haven't heard people pray like that in a long time. Well, the name of Jesus is hallowed. It is holy. The name of our Father is holy. We have to hold the name of Jesus, God the Father, the Holy Spirit, in high esteem. Because his name is holy. Uh, there's something very unique about this statement. It says, when praying, sometimes we, <laughs> whenever we think, okay, we have to pray. Right, I'm going to tell you, you have to pray right now. Okay? You have to offer a prayer to God right now. What are you going to think of? You're going to think of a need. What is it that I need? Right? Most of the time, you don't. You can disagree, but that we think of a need. Okay, I need this. Well, what we have here is Jesus has explained to us that the reverse is what needs to be done. We need to pay attention to God because, after all, it's his name. It is thy name, thy kingdom, thy glory, thy will. You see, it's about God. Our prayers are not about us. Our prayers are not about what we need or what we are expecting. Our prayers are about the hallowed presence of God. For you see, after we recognize it as his name, his kingdom, and his will, we find that come, what comes in the prayer is give us, forgive us, Lead us, deliver us. So there is a place for the need. There is a place for the expression of what we are longing for and asking for. There's a place for it. But there is the first expression is to our Father, who, who, li who is in heaven. Hallowed, holy is your name. And I hold that in reverence. <laughs> so when is it correct? When it is correct prayer, the Father must always be first. So it is not the significance of my need. 
It is knowing the relationship with God, the Father, that is important. Jesus, he said that I have come to do the will of my Father. I have come to fulfill the will of my Father. I have come to glorify the Father. I speak only what the Father tells me. We find that if Jesus is is seeing that that is the greatest avenue of his life and what he needs to do, so, so should we. Hallowed and holy is your name. Hallowed and holy is your kingdom. Hallowed and holy is your will. Father, help me. Hallowed be thy name. So how is God's name holy? Well, it is consecrated, it is purified, it is already holy. It's just up to us to recognize that hallowed name is one that we can speak with reverence. And you see that God's... God hallows his great name. Hallowed is his great name. There's songs to that effect, but the scriptures pointed out. In our prayers, we just don't flippantly <laughs> say, in Jesus' name, Hey, Father, yo! <laughs> you know, yo, you. <laughs> God would reveal his holiness, his power, the hidden glory. We find that through our prayers and through the answers to our prayers, God is at work in our life. Matthew 6.10 says, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. The Father is a king and has a kingdom. <laughs> Imagine that. Your Father is a king and has a kingdom. The Son is the heir and has uh, no greater desire than to bring honor and glory to his Father. This statement reminds us of that the kingdom of God is coming. We find that the kingdom that is coming is also already here. Because as I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, by joining my life to Christ and Christ to mine, I have come to know that his kingdom is coming and that his will be accomplished. And you know, it says about your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus asked that we remember to expect the same thing. That what happens when God speaks in heaven, nothing is restricted. It happens. So as God is, speaks in heaven, so too God speaks in earth, in us. And we find that we, uh, when we read what Jesus is teaching us, that to ask that the Father, that the will of the Father may be done on earth as it is in heaven, we would say, mm, don't think that can happen because there's evil in this world. <laughs> well, evil and sin cannot stop God's will from being accomplished. So it isn't about evil and it isn't about sin, it isn't about unholy people. It's about us believing and asking and willing to receive. The will of God is accompanied, accomplished here in heaven and in earth. Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. So as we seek first God's kingdom, it's a holy kingdom. Wherever faith has accepted the Father's love, wherever obedience has come, become our goal, and whenever agreement receives the Father's will, the kingdom of heaven is established. Then the next, verse 11. Give us 
this day our daily bread. The song, (laughs) he is our daily bread. You know, his very word spoken through me. It's our daily bread. When we as God's children yield ourselves to the Father, when we care for his name, his kingdom, and his will, we are full authority to ask for our daily need. And finding that there is this spiritual part of us that whenever we, whenever we pray, whenever we read the scriptures, it gives to us our daily bread. When Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well and you know, his disciples came back and they were, wanted him to eat. And Jesus said, no, I have meat to eat that you know not of. That he had spiritual food he was talking about that he had given to the woman at the well. And so we find that that very same thing is part of who we are. It is our daily bread, his very word spoken in us. Verse 12. Forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. As bread is needed for the body, so forgiveness is needed for the soul. So let our faith accept the forgiveness as promised. Only what is really confessed is really forgiven. This is an act, this is a transaction between God and us. Forgiveness. Did you know that Jesus is saying the person who does not forgive cannot be forgiven? I was always hesitant to state that. I knew that's what it meant. But the person who does not forgive cannot be forgiven because their unforgiveness is from the lack of recognizing the amount of debt they had that was forgiven. And so they didn't, I'm not that bad, so therefore I can, I don't need to forgive others. So as forgiven, our expression is heavenward. As forgiving, our expression is outward towards others. As God's child, we are forgiven, and we, and we thank God. As we have been forgiven, it is because of the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ. Then verse 13 And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. The temptation, the allurement of pleasure which tends to lead us to do evil. That we stay away from the devil's, the evil one, the devil's traps. So when we pray for our daily bread, we are praying for the the bread, the, the richness of God's spirit and word into our soul and we pray for the pardon from sin that we are forgiven of and accept that transaction from God now comes the request to keep us preserve us (laughs) see the power of the evil one is broken with these requests we we come to the realization that God our father is caring for all of our personal needs. No temptation will take you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful. Whoever will not suffer you to be tempted above what you are able, but will with the temptation provide a way, always provide a way to escape. So this prayer of forgiveness and pardon and keeping us from evil, 
by our surrender to the living, holy life that is separated and obedient to the Father, we find that God is at work in our lives. Father, let your name, let your kingdom, let your will be first place in our lives. For it is your providing, it is your pardoning, it is your keeping, it is your love that will sustain us and, and, and walk us through the daily events of life. So now when we pray, <laughs> now when we pray, we must first know that it is God that we are seeking, not the need for which we are asking. It is, it is God's glory and God's honor for hallowed is his name. It is reverend, it is to be reverend and holy. That when we speak the name of God is sacred and is something very specific to us that God himself has given himself to us. And so when we say, our Father, we're right in the very throne room of heaven. And it is there that God is saying, come boldly to the throne of grace. That we're to come boldly into the presence of God. Why? God already knows why we're there. He knows why, we're, why we showed up. And he longs to hear our prayers because he's already, he already has started it in motion to give it to us. But he can't give it to us unless we ask. And so our heart is open that his will will be accomplished in earth, in us, as it is in heaven. There is nothing in heaven that is stopping the will of God. Let there be nothing in earth that is stopping the will of God. Evil can't do it. For you see, it is thy kingdom, thy kingdom, God. It is thy glory. It is thy power in earth as it is in heaven, in us as it is in you. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, God is at work in us. And so when we pray, let us bring our need to the Father. He already knows what we have need of, and he wants us to ask. Amen? Father, we thank you for hearing our prayer. Sometimes we need reminded that this is about you and not about us. And that whenever we pray, we are entering into the very throne room of heaven. And it is there that we experience your presence, your love, your forgiveness. It is there that we hear your words. It is there that we receive the answer to our prayers. So thank you, Lord, for loving us and giving to us your word and your spirit and Father, may we recognize the holiness, the hallowedness of your name. And it is given to us as a child, as a child and a father, that we can come boldly to your throne. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you.